Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Ann Hardy, Chief Security Officer of Join Digital, and Carl May, Founder and CEO of Join Digital, discuss the digital experience in the modern workplace. I'm Anne, I'm CSO for Join Digital, and here I'm with... Carl May, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Join. Okay, and, thanks, Carl. And we're here to talk about... Yeah, digital experience in the workplace, right? Exactly, in, in the, the modern, modern workplace. Modern workplace. Yeah. So, Carl, what, what matters most with digital experience in the workplace? Well, I think that's, that's a good question. I mean, ultimately, what gave rise to the company... Um, was this realization that every company now is a tech company. Mm. Every company relies on on uh, digital services. Those can be fairly broadly defined. Uh, but ultimately you have, uh, it, it certainly with the rise of the cloud, you've yeah. got more and more of the applications and services that workers of all kinds consume are, you know, are, first of all, they reside somewhere else. They rely on... Uh, they rely on access or connectivity to a uh, to a cloud platform, uh, and uh, that in order to support that, you really need to have. Uh, and second of all, there was the whole morphing of the corporate network. In yeah. the old days, a large enterprise would open up an office, and then they would build this very complex network to support the different departments. And they would have on-site servers and storage and things like that. And all of that is, dis is disappearing. It's all going to the cloud. And that really redefined how the workplace is, is designed in a technology manner. Uh, but it also opened up a brand new opportunity for somebody like us to come in with a completely different perspective on how to do it. Yeah. So tell, me, tell us more maybe about how we do things at Join. Well, the... I mean, obviously, the, the, the simplest way to, to summarize it is to say we've put all of the service intelligence in the cloud and we deliver that service like SaaS, so software as a service. So much like Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud or Microsoft Azure, we are ultimately taking what had been a capital-intensive, very complex to configure hardware and software and systems purchase and transformed it into a SaaS service, much much more like Salesforce. Uh, and so, or like Amazon Web Services for that mm -hmm. matter. Uh, and so the of the three big pillars that are in, historically have been in the IT realm, you had compute, storage, and network. No one has ever, to date, tackled the network. Yes to compute, yes to storage, yeah. but not to the network. And so what we decided to do was to tackle that piece and really bring the same sorts of thinking to how the network is delivered as a service uh, that Amazon did to computing. Uh, and frankly, 20 years, 20 years ago, uh, Salesforce did the applications. And the idea is uh, uh, make it a, a consumption service, uh, but focus on three key principles which are security, uh, performance, and reliability. Uh, because, as, as we said, uh, every company is a tech company, so therefore 
these are absolutely essential services. And ultimately also, with the rise of, of cyber attacks, you need to make sure that, that security is inbuilt in the yeah. platform. Yeah, so digital, so I mean, I like the what you said about, I mean, digital being now <laughs> going over the building. So it's like before it was, I mean, we were not really talking about digital at the time, but everything you had for a company was inside the building. That's and right, now yeah. it's like it spreads across <laughs> and actually a lot of companies are concerned about the lose of control, right? You don't know where things are, right? You know they're in the cloud, but the cloud is pretty vague, right? Um, so, I mean, maybe we should discuss a little bit about what it takes to address those maybe issues like security, privacy. What can we say to building owners or corporations that move in building? What do they need to do, right? What do they need to... Well, I think, so there are a couple different constituencies. Number one, let's talk about the building owner. So number one, the building owner has a number of, a uh, number of areas of focus. One is they have their own corporate IT that they need to support just for themselves. Yeah. And that, of course, is also going through a transformation. Number two is they have the so-called OT or operational technology network, which is how they manage HVAC systems yeah. and building management and all those other functions. The third and emerging area, the two next two are really emerging areas. The third one is what we'll call the IoT area, which is as you put in more and more sensors and and internet or cloud-connected cameras and and much more sophisticated access control systems in, that now is introducing yet a whole other area World. of, of yeah. complexity. Yeah. And then the fourth area is another area that we address, which is that landlords are now realizing in response to the competition. Let's look at what WeWork has done yeah. in redefining how enterprises consume offices. Landlords are now also realizing that they have to be much more flexible in the, in the types of office products they offer. And in many cases, other than the super long leases, they've got to bundle in that, that whole digital experience. It used to be they rented a server closet. Now they've, in many cases, got to, or, or they see a great opportunity in bundling in uh, what Join does, which is provide that, that service to them. So those are the four areas um, that, I, that I see. I think it'd be interesting to hear from you, in particular, uh, and across perhaps all four of them, is what are some of the, as you were saying, what are the security implications? Because they're all quite they're all a little bit different at the very least. Yeah. So I think I, a lot of things that people don't realize that as you put more digital stuff or technology in your building, <coughs> I mean, that's more demands on the network and more expectations from the network as well. So, and I think we, we rely on usually old technologies and protocols, right, for transmitting information, also rely on old principles for securing things. Um, and we live now in a world where all these principles and paradigms are totally obsolete. And I think a lot of people don't realize that with the recent attacks, we have to rethink about how we secure or protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, protect, I, I like to say protect the people and the data. Mm -hmm. uh, 
in the building to outside the buildings because actually a lot of workers are mobile and they will work from somewhere oh, else, right? So we need to think about what does it take really to protect everything. I mean, workers everywhere they are and from any device that they bring and for all the work they do in the cloud or somewhere else, right? So, and I think for, I think just the fact of becoming aware that things are different, I think is a very good step. And I think a lot of people in the industry have not really come to the to this conclusion yet. And and started to think and discuss about what can we do together. Uh, I've been, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, so we see in the world of hackers that those guys work together. And we see, we see, yeah. yeah. So, and we see that in the industry, I mean, even though there are discussions, I think not all of us are really working together to protect ourselves. And I think there is the only way for me, uh, I mean, my opinion is that the only way for us to protect ourselves <coughs> from those attacks that we see and the, 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 I mean, the potential disaster that they bring is that we work together. And, um, and uh, also to realize that um, we we have, um, I mean, part of our job. Maybe that's too much information, but part of our job is also to uh, to come to the conclusion that uh, monitoring is going to be critical, and because knowing before anyone else uh, that there was an incident or some something happened is really it really is a key, I think, to the future of of us in the industry. I mean, it's it's sad when you see that some of the attacks are detected like months after they were perpetrating. Like the NASA thing, well, I, right? The Raspberry Pi thing. Yeah, yeah. Six months or nine months well, took, right? to realize that data was flowing away from the building. And Absolutely. Like, so mm-hmm. I think... And in many yeah. cases, somebody did detect it. They just didn't know what it was and yeah. what, the, what the repercussion was. And you're absolutely right, I think, on the monitoring front, and that's something, I, I, one other thing I want to make sure we cover, but on the monitoring front, it's, it's, um, it's how do I respond to something that I detect? Yeah. And you, that I think is a, I, I mean, the fact is, is you, there'll be a mini-month, the Equifax or these other breaches that are months and months from yeah, I think something is a little odd to actually going public with it. Yeah, and it's critical. I think it's critical to train for that. I mean, there will be incidents. So let's plan for incidents and let's train ourselves to know what we're going to do. Well, I mean, when there is panic, right? Because when, when there is panic, it's super hard to plan, right? So it's good to have a plan ahead of time so that you can execute on just in case something happens. Uh, but yeah, that's, so it, I mean, it's, what is, what is tough about security is that it's costly, it's super complicated, nobody is really an expert, and it's hard to be an expert. I mean, you cannot expect everyone to know everything. So, I mean, it's very critical, I think, for, for people to talk to uh, some people whose job is really to, to do security. So we've been so we've been talking. We we went down the path talking about the owner and the yeah. the four areas, yeah. uh, the four emerging digital areas or service areas. But here we are at Cornet, where you have a huge direct enterprise uh, contingent. 
So what do you see in terms of the different types of challenges facing the enterprise, whether they're, you know, it's their main office or the, or a, uh, or remote office, is it the same, is it really the same areas? And, and then what are the, you know, how do we need to think about helping their, them with their challenges? In a lot of cases, you know, what, what gave rise to the company in the first place was some very large uh, enterprises, banks, as a matter of fact, coming to us saying, our IT staff, our IT budgets are going to be reduced dramatically over the next several years. How do we make ourselves much more efficient in this era of the cloud? So they've got less, they've got fewer and fewer skilled people. Uh, so is that does that present a new area of risk, or what are what are the what are the challenges here the enterprise needs to address that might be a little bit different from what we covered for the owner? Yeah, I think for the enterprise, I, I think a, a first first step is really a, I mean, and it's a difficult one. It's a cultural mindset, right? I mean, they've been doing IT, but the traditional way of IT. So what, at the time, so they probably learned from concepts that were invented from when we had walls and I mean, buildings, as you described at the beginning. So I think that this mindset of rethinking IT as something that is adapted to the modern workplace where there are public clouds outside or people are mobile and, mobile, and they yes, need exactly. freedom and they need to find a way to do as they do at home or that they, because I mean, I remember when I was with SAP, I mean, a lot of people were complaining all the time because you could do less things at work than you could do at home. And people were feeling, I mean, how come I don't have access to the same technology in the office and at work? But I mean, so IT was really reacting about this. There was, there was this trust, non-trust, right? And now it's different. I mean, you, you have to rethink about the model. And I like the zero trust paradigm because it gives, it pushes the, the thinking about security in a very different way where you think about, I need to know who has access to what, uh, and I need to know who it is that I'm talking to before I give access to anything. And this is not the way that IT has been thinking because before it was more about location and, exactly, and walls yeah. and separation, and now it's no longer the case. <laughs> I mean, so you have to rethink about that. And I think for, for enterprise to realize this, it's probably gonna be better for them then to understand how to use us as a service better because they have to rebuild their jobs, right? I mean, those IT departments. As so you, for, yeah. So you brought up zero trust there yeah. and that, and that um, why don't you talk a little bit about what is really the foundation of zero trust and why is it important in today's, in, yeah. in, in particular in today's environment? So. Zero trust is, so the, the paradigm is turning things around about security. In the past, we were, um, I mean, the world of firewalls and uh, those band-aids, as we call them, were... We were letting to, people yeah, in and then having to chase like them back out. Things open and then you are thinking about, oh, now I need to block this because, oh, this is open, this shouldn't be open, let's close it. And so we were building doors or walls here and there just to protect ourselves. And the zero trust paradigm is different in the sense that by default you block everything. And then as you learn about what people need to do for their work, 
you open slowly. You adapt, right? You, yeah, adapt you adapt. The, you adapt and the then, security posture. So you only turn on those things, or you open. You only open up those things that are really critical for you um, and for your people for work. And that's that's a different way of thinking that requires different technologies. That requires, yeah. I mean, identity management really is a critical piece in the model, but also authorization management. Uh, and then monitoring. And if you look at what AWS has done, I mean, they've, I mean, or GCP, I mean, the Google Cloud Platform or Amazon Web Services, what they've built is that they have all those components in their services. Because when you start to think about services, especially in the cloud, it really makes sense. That's, they depend on that for them to work, right? They need to know who is asking for what. So they need to authenticate, they need to have a very strong authorize, authorization yeah. model, yeah, and yeah. they need to monitor because they are outside of the boundaries, so they were, I mean, they were, they build this. So, so authenticate, yeah. authorize, monitor. Yes, that's, three, for three, me, that's the three, three, three critical pieces of. One, one interesting comment you made at the outset, which uh, I think was both directed inside our company as well as outside the company to our customers, is the need to, to change mindsets. Yeah. What, what do you think, what are some good ways that we can communicate with customers whether the enterprise or the landlords we work with, what what is it that we need to get these folks to begin to, how do they need to rethink, change their mindset about security, data privacy, we haven't even talked about that that much. Yeah. Uh, because there's a there's a whole new area about, you know, many people don't realize how much pri yeah. you know, pr private data they're collecting or biometric data, and that they're actually on the hook for it. but. <laughs> Excuse me. What is that mindset that you that you think, that change yeah. in mindset? I think security is not. I mean, people are concerned, right? I mean, this is obvious, and everybody everybody seems to be concerned. The thing that we have to help them to do, I think, is to understand the baby steps that they need to take in order to get there, right? It's it's a process, so I mean, re-educating people. So first, they have to understand that it's a problem, right? And I think they do right now with all the bad publicity about cybersecurity. Absolutely, I think people yeah. realize. So I think the now it's like, what does it take for them to take action, and what do they need to do really concrete in concrete step? Because it's 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 tough and it's overwhelming. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you've been at RSA maybe. I mean, it's very, I mean, all those vendors that are going to come to you and say, oh, you need to get this, you need to buy that. And just at the end, you feel like, oh, there is so much that I'm not going to do anything because it's just too much information. So I think we have our job, and part of our job is probably to help them to just like, one after one, just build, make the building blocks that are going to help them to just like authenticate, authorize and monitor maybe. And I mean, that's something we can provide as a service. I mean, that's a good news for that. Well, one of the things you talked about um, recently as we were going live at Doc72 in Brooklyn was uh, what we need to do also to change user behavior or expectations, which is that, that we have, a, we have a, a sense among internet or web users that everything should be open and easy until, of course, our personal information is stolen and then we're outraged. What are we gonna have to do in terms of changing end user behavior expectations 
about how to interact as, as we did you yeah. know, before the Doxy yeah. launch. I think, I mean, showing best practices. I mean, we know what is the way to use Wi-Fi or wireless networks in a, in a very secure way, right? So we know how, uh, what are the best practices for users or for network providers to provide, I mean, to, to protect themselves. So showing the way and starting to help people realize, well, this is secure, this is not secure. Or here's what you should do and here's what you should ask. I mean, trying to, I mean, getting people to um, seeing that it's somehow not always difficult to use networks in a very secure way. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely possible and I mean we should do that more I think this goes back to um, really the you know our one of our missions which is to make sure that we create great digital experiences for our customers whether those are the enterprise users the employees of our enterprise customers or frankly the the employees the members of the team at the at the owners that we serve uh, because these are these are really the modern tools that they need yeah. to be successful. Um, so I guess in closing, what yeah. what um, what words do we have sort of to tie this up in terms of integrating the experience, the security, the yeah, performance? I th yeah, I think I would love I would love for us to lead some sort of um, security standard or privacy standard, actually both for the, the industry, for the, I mean, and that could work for both the building owners or property managers, which I think are probably more concerned about OT or IoT right now, which I think is right. Uh, and then well, the, the enterprise, yeah. versus IoT, but yes. And mm -hmm. then for the enterprises, because I think there is, unfortunately, but maybe that's an opportunity for us to know real standard yeah. for having secure workplaces or private workplaces right. as well, right? Best, best practices. Best practices. And um, yeah, when I say standard, it's more best practices. But I think with the, the complexity <laughs> of, the, of the cyber world and the complexity of the privacy regulation, I think, yeah, we, we, should, we should drive some... Um, we should help with some services in this area. Great. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.